25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program.
Jam in the AM. Good morning and welcome. It's a Friday at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Boy, are we on a lot of stations, thank God, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Make sure you have the brand new NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app, good for your iPhone, good for your um, Android. Make sure you have the brand new app. We're going to be talking about the app later on. Our friends at Rusty Brick, who created it, are going to be here in our studio at the JM and the AM. Oh, boy, oh, boy, I will tell you. We have quite a weekend coming up, to say the least. Thank God it starts with Shabbos. <laughs> it's Friday morning on this Rosh Chodesh morning. That's right, today is Rosh Chodesh Sivan, day 45 in the counting of the Omer. Today is day number 45. You forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas Nusso, candle lighting at 7.59. Many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Um, sun, uh, let's see. Let's start with this. Uh, coming up, an amazing day of programming on our stream at jmnam.org. That happens every single Friday. We'll start with Naomi Nachman. She's coming up at 9 a.m. this morning right after JM and the AM. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night, right here on our stream, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. On a Sunday morning, Matis Weingast, he'll have a, a brand new edition of JM Sunday. And with this whole theme of uh, rock and roll stars and music stars in general in Israel and performing in Israel, Matis is right on it because he's going to be uh, speaking on Sunday with Lauren Jelenkovich, I hope that's the right pronunciation. She, she sings on tour with Yanni, and she's back in Israel for a concert this week on June 4th. Matis speaks to her Sunday morning on um, on JM in the AM. Or I should say on JM Sunday, more accurately. Uh, then we will be uh, on the parade route on Sunday, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to look for us, everybody. We'll be on the parade route on Sunday with the Nahum Siegel Network. And uh, I want to thank everybody who has a role in that amazing Sunday production where you get to hear the sounds from the parade around the world just by listening in on our app or on our stream, whatever the case may be. And um, don't forget our T-shirt policy. It's a T-shirt exchange. <laughs> if you want one of our T-shirts, you got to give us one of yours. That's how it's working this year. I know it's going to cut down a lot. On the, uh, it'll cut down on the problem of uh, running out of T-shirts within the first 15 minutes, that's for sure. And uh, we will have some fun with that. And um, um, and a big big thank you to everybody who was uh, part of the parade, including our friends Larry and Ronnie Birnbaum at J Drugs on Avenue J in Brooklyn, New York, including PJ Sterling and PJSterling.com on Central Avenue in Cedarhurst, our friends at Gotham Burger, our friends at Corin. A lot of people involved in the parade show on Sunday. Uh, I'll be at the concert in Central Park. After that, enter at 79th and 5th into Central Park for that big celebration. And then Monday, we broadcast live from RTMA. If you're in the Elizabeth area on Monday, if you hear a lot of early morning radio coming from uh, from the 330 Elmora Avenue JEC building, you'll know it's us. RTMA is uh, our host this coming Monday in advance of their massive dinner coming up at the uh, in the middle of June. And we will be there Monday morning broadcasting between 6 and 9 at 330 Elmora Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. 
in the main shul area of the building. Uh, make sure to tune in and enjoy. It's always uh, extra special when we get to meet students on the air and uh, and broadcast from a school, in this case, RTMA. Tuesday is Erev Shavuos, and Shavuos will be Wednesday and Thursday. We'll be off the air. There will be other programming, of course, not of the JM and the AM variety. So that, And then back a week from today, a week from today, uh, Isru Chag for us outside of Israel. Uh, we'll be right here at JM and the AM. So a very, very big week ahead, starting uh, literally uh, Sunday morning, bright and early, with the parade up Fifth Avenue. Make sure to stick with us at JM and the AM and JM and AM.org throughout uh, all the proceedings. 21 minutes before 7 o'clock, as we say good morning on a Friday. Our friends from Rusty Brick are going to stop by. We're going to talk about the app a little bit. Uh, Malcolm Honeline, of course, weekly update. Will be happening, or by Uden with the Torah portion of the week. We'll close out the week at 9 a.m. Plenty more on jmtheam.org throughout the entire day and weekend. And then Monday from RTMA in Elizabeth, New Jersey at 330 Elmora Avenue. Looking forward to it. Here's Shlomo Katz at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Modani, thank you. A brand new song from the uh, Yeshiva Boys Choir. That's on their uh, brand new YBC volume number six, which just came out recently. Ellie Gerstner and company. Uh, before that, you heard David Dardashti, Shalom Aleichem, on this Erev Shabbos, Shlomo, and on this Rosh Chodesh morning. Uh, Shlomo Katz with Anna Avda, Kamu, done by uh, Yaakov Shweki, and Shalshelas had Yalev Yavo in there, which again is uh, perfect for a Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM and the AM. It's Friday on this 30th of May, the 1st of Sivan. In fact, Rosh Chodesh Sivan, one day. Uh, day 45 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Nusso with candle lighting at 7.59. Lots of stuff happening. Full day on our stream at jmnam.org, as you would suspect, including Table for Two with Naomi Nachman, including uh, an amazing Jewish music Erev Shabbos stream, courtesy of our friends at Kedem. Sunday is the uh, big parade show up Fifth Avenue. Make sure to stop by and say hi. We'll talk more about that coming up. Big parade show up on uh, Fifth Avenue in New York City from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't forget our great weekend programming includes Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami tomorrow night starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And then Matis on Sunday has a special edition of uh, JM Sunday. That's going to be happening starting at uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and this Sunday, in light of the, uh, in light of the good news, in terms of all the musicians, rock stars, high profile music people that continue to, uh, head to Israel to, um, do shows, to be live in concert, Matis uh, on Sunday speaks with Lauren Jalenkovich, uh, currently singing on tour with Yanni. She's back in Israel for a concert this coming week on June the 4th. And, uh, she will speak to Matis about being a, uh, a part of a, a musical entourage that plays Israel on a regular basis. That happens this coming Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Mark Zomick's going to join me, our friends from Rusty Brick. Coming into our studio, we'll talk about the brand new NSN app, which I hope all of you already have. Whether you listen on the radio, your laptop, whatever the case may be, make sure you have the app as well for your iPhone or for your Android. So that you could tune into all of our amazing programming at a moment's notice at any point. And it's very simple. You go to the app store on your phone, you just search Nahum Siegel Network or NSN, and you will have the brand new update or the brand new app, depending on your situation. Uh, to install on your phone and to listen to us on a regular basis and to check in and do all the great stuff you can do with our app, which we're going to describe coming up right here at JM in the AM. Uh, Galitzal, normally in the background. Let's see if we can get where you have it. Galitzal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. And then, of course, plenty more, including Malcolm Honline, who'll join us for the weekly update. Got plenty to speak with Malcolm about regarding what happened this past week. And the Rabbi Yudin, of course, at 8.15, and plenty more before we wrap up this program at 9 o'clock this morning. The NSN app is our focus. That's coming up first. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Bokir Tov and Rosh Chodesh Sameach from JMN. Galitzal, Ashaash Time, Kan Shibel Karami Mansur, Imma Shakore Achshav. 
הבוקר סוכל פיגוע בשומרון, כתבנו עידו בן בג'י. פלסטיני הגיע בשעות הבוקר למחסום בצומת תפוח, סמוך לשכם, כשעל גופו חגורת נפץ, שהוסתרה על ידי מעיל גדול. לאחר שעורר חשד בקרב שוטרי מג"ב שבמחסום, הוא נעצר. חבלנים שהוקפצו לזירה פירקו את החגורה וגילו עליה סדרת מטעני צינור. הפלסטיני נלקח לחקירה והתנועה באזור חודשה. השר לביטחון פנים אהרונוביץ' שיבח את הלוחמים במקום ואמר להם, מנעתם פיגוע והצלתם חיים. כתבנו טלב רם מוסר שכוחות הביטחון עורכים כעת סריקות אחר השותפים לפשע שהסיעו את המחבל לצומת תפוח. הוא מוסיף שצפויים מעצרים נוספים בקרוב. עם זאת, ההערכה היא שהמחבל אינו משתייך לאף ארגון טרור. עשרות בני אדם, ביניהם ראשי ועדי עובדים, מפגינים כעת בתל אביב בעד העלאת שכר המינימום ל-30 שקלים לשעה. כתבתנו רויטל איוב שמעה אותם. מה שנחוץ עכשיו זו העלאה דרסטית. אנשים שואלים אותנו לא למה 30, למה רק 30. שכר המינימום הנוכחי לא מותאם בשום צורה ואופן ליוקר המחיה בישראל. לא רק שהוא לא מאפשר קיום בכבוד, הוא לא מאפשר קיום מינימלי. ובירושלים צועדים 250 מפגינים בצעדה המכונה צעדת השרמוטות. כתבנו רום ליאור מוסר שזו השנה השלישית שבה נערכת הצעדה המהווה חלק ממאבק עולמי בתרבות האונס ומאבק בתופעת האשמת הקורבן באלימות המינית. שיבושים בשירותי ההצלה בחופי הרחצה בתל אביב ובחיפה בעקבות עיצומים. כתבתנו שרון פולבר. בתל אביב יפו התפתחו היום רק שלושה חופים, חוף ירושלים, החוף הנפרד וחוף הצוק צפון, והשיבושים צפויים להימשך גם בשבוע הבא. בחיפה כמה מסוכות ההצלה תהיינה סגורות היום, והעיריות ביקשו להדגיש שרחיצה בחופים ללא מצילים מסוכנת ואסורה, והציבור מתבקש להימנע מכך. דור תש"ח חוזר אל הקרבות. היום נערך טקס התייחדות לנופלי חטיבת הראל בבית הקברות בקריית ענבים שבדרך לירושלים. מפקדי היחידה לשעבר ולוחמים סיירו בבית הקברות ושוחחו שיא אחראים שבו סיפרו סיפורי פלמ"ח ושרו שירים יחד עם הרמטכ"ל בני גנץ. כתבתנו שירה הדס נקר שמעה אותו. אני משוכנע שהמורשת שהדור שלכם העניק לנו משתקפת בפניהם של המשרתים שאני פוגש בכל יום. הממלאים היום את משימת דורנו, כפי שעשיתם אתם עבורנו לפני שנים. אנו עושים זאת מתוך אמונה גדולה בצדקת הדרך ובמסירות נדירה, ואני יודע כי ביום קרב נצא באותה רוח הקרב בה לחמתם אתם וננצח. במכתש רמון אותרו שני המטיילים שנעדרו משעות הבוקר. בני הזוג בשנות החמישים לחייהם הם תיירים מארצות הברית. כתבנו רמי שנים מוסר שהם סובלים מתשישות אך מצבם טוב. תחזית מזג האוויר היום שרבי ומחר ירידה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורכת טלי חזקאלי, בצוות הודיה קוסלובסקי ואלדר נוי. J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning on this Rosh Chodesh. We got an opportunity to um, uh, formally introduce uh, the brand new NSN Nahum Siegel Network app, which for J.M. in the A.M. listeners and for people who love our stream or who want to get to know our stream really well, uh, it's really an amazing innovation. Uh, Mark Zamek has been our point man uh, here at J.M. in the A.M. and the Nahum Siegel Network uh, in terms of the creation of this app and seeing its implementation and uh, seeing it finally come to fruition So uh, to that end, I say Mazel Tov, Mark Zamek, and good morning and welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. We do get a big Mazel Tov, don't we? 
Unbelievable. And you, uh, I'm sorry. No, it was a lot of, it's a long, it was a long road. Oh, it certainly was. And you navigated it for us. And, um, you get the uh, opportunity to introduce Ronnie Schwartz because you can explain to our audience better than I can how important Rusty Brick is in, which is his company in the world of apps. So go right ahead. Well, I was actually a, a user of many Rusty Brick apps before we even started the, uh, the conversation with them, but uh, welcome to the program, Ronnie. Thanks for having me. Ronnie, good morning. And uh, Rusty Brick has, a, of course, its own amazing reputation in the world of uh, the Internet, apps, etc. The first Rusty Brick project that listeners of ours would be familiar with was what? Uh, the Sitter app, I would assume. That was the first thing. That was our first app. How many years ago did you start working on that? That's when Apple uh, announced the uh, iPhone. It's probably around uh, seven, six, seven years ago. And the Sitter app includes uh, everything you can imagine, right? It even has its fill and mirror. <laughs> <laughs> it even has its fill and mirror. I gotta, I gotta install that. That's <laughs> pretty cool, actually. And um, and when I say everything you can imagine, meaning if you're on the road and you're looking for any tefila, could be tefila sederech, it could be minchamariv. It could be, I don't know, a, 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 any obscure tefillah that one says once in a while, it's likely in there, correct? It's in there, and then for anything that's not in there, we have a tefillah pack app for all the extra stuff. All the, <laughs> all the stuff you might say at you some point. You might say. <laughs> the, 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 the Sitter app, in, in some of its earlier um, uh, incarnations, um, that I, this issue was fixed. I think we even talked about it. It was a smart sitter. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't know if there's a brisson shul, but, <laughs> but but it does know that you would say tachin or not say tachin. Right. So it, it it happened a couple times earlier in um a while ago where it would like if I left the sitter app on a tefillah the day before right. that you said like if I left it on vehu right. um when I opened the sitter Friday it didn't know what to do with itself because it's not that I can't say vehu rachum I didn't know what to you know so if you pay it, it was sort of but you know so all cool. that stuff is straightened right, out exactly. huh? all that's straightened out it gives you a warning <laughs> if it's confused and, and takes care of all that stuff uh, and is the is the most and I don't even know if this is the right word in the world of apps is the most complicated app. The Art Scroll Talmud one? For sure. That has the most amount of technology that I've ever put in any app. Was that scary for you guys to embark on that project? Because number one, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're up there in the industry, so I'm sure they're very demanding. Mm -hmm. And number two, it's, I mean, just, just the goal of trying to get everything that they want in that app to be in it must have been I'll tell you what the scary part was, as only partially tongue-in-cheek, is that I think they made the video before the app was done. (laughs) Exactly. Those are our guidelines. (laughs) And um, so, but I don't know. I don't know if the world of apps is scary at all, so, you know, maybe I'm just uh, afraid of all this stuff. I like the challenge, so it was definitely something that we could accomplish, and I knew we could accomplish, and I knew we could accomplish it well. All right, so anything we brought to you when it was time for the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app, Mm -hmm. anything that we brought to you that was on our list was not intimidating to you. No, it was pretty straightforward. It was <laughs> Yet, what you would have to admit, because you, you peruse the world of apps, I'm sure, on a regular basis, certainly I'm sure someone on your staff does, when it comes to radio apps, this one is... It's pretty up there, right? By far the best out there. Number one? I'm surprised Apple didn't uh, promote it. Imagine that! <laughs> maybe There's somebody can hope. have a, still hope. Maybe somebody can have a word with them. And, I'll get them a call. I get them to really feature. <laughs> but I'm being serious. Compare it to other radio stations. We've got a lot of the features that others do, right? We've, we're right up there in terms of what's it, available to everybody. For sure, it has all the archives in there. It has the, uh, you know, you could subscribe to the favorite uh, channels and stuff like that, and it'll give you notifications when the new episodes come in. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty. 
pretty it's pretty powerful. All right, we should talk about that. Yeah, Go ahead, and it's only the beginning. I mean, one of the things that we did differently, we had, I guess we could say we had two apps before this. Right. We had one that we had developed a couple years ago, which was very, very stream-focused. And the other one that WFMU developed many years ago right. that is completely stream-focused. Right. And before we actually even started, I don't want to say writing the app, but when it was, the app was in development, the first thing we did was create a, a content back-end for the Nachum Siegel Network because for us it became – the app became a much more – over-encompassing thing that we were trying to accomplish. We wanted not only to focus on the live stream, because our listeners, certainly that's the first thing many of them go to, but because there's so much other content being generated, um, you know, Ronnie and the guys at Rusty Brick first build us literally an infrastructure for the back end. So we have with you... Any show affiliated with us is going to be on that back end. But not only any show affiliated with us after the show airs, but before the weeks before the show airs, Information is going into the back end, who the guests are going to be, who the engineer is going to be, where the show is going to be recorded. Right. So it's really an, a, a very it, – it's almost a, um, a, a process management system as well for the network. And so – and then that content spills over. So if, if – um, if um, Charlie Harari is live, so that information is going in, could go, go going in in real time. That information that gets carried over to the archive. So it's a, it's a whole – it becomes a much more um, – Encompassing. I don't know. I can't think of a better word. Encompassing um, tool for listeners to interact, and interact is a really big word with the network. I come back to the three C's, which is community, community, um, communication, and content. Or you know, you can pick pick other C's also. But and uh, one of the uh, best examples of all of this is what happened on Wednesday when during the Elm Yerushalayim show there right. was uh, uh, there were items loaded up into the back end, the slideshows, videos, literally videos. Uh, pictures that uh, kept uh, you know flying through the app as the show went on, and that was that was like a real happy accident. Um, how right. we discovered that on um, on so we were testing. Obviously, this app has been in testing for a while. On Monday, on Memorial Day, I figured, oh, let me load up some Memorial Day pictures onto the app because Apple had already posted it, that people were already downloading it, but it was a small number of people. Let right. me see, and I loaded up some Memorial Day pictures that I just pulled off the web, and as I'm looking at them on my phone. I see the pictures start to change. So first of all, I panicked because, wait, why are they changing? Then I realized why they were changing. Then I panicked because I didn't know what pictures were going to come next. But luckily, it all worked out okay. And it turns out there's this way to save files in a GIF format that allows you to keep multiple sort of bitmaps together as a single file that will loop. Completely accidental discovery. Ronnie said we didn't know that we didn't even test it to know that it was going to work or not. We thought it might, and then I spoke to Mayor, and then Mayor Weingarten obviously took it to the next. Yeah, level. and that's why it was even better than we thought it would be with right. that whole experience on Yom Yerushalayim. Talking about the brand new NSN app. Anybody who doesn't have it, and you gentlemen will correct me if I'm wrong. The best way to get it is simply the only to, way to get it. The <laughs> only way to get it is simply to search NSN or Nahum Siegel Network. It's the same type. I know how to search on an iPhone. It's the same thing for the Android, right? They also have an app store and all that. It's called a Play Store, yes. Okay, very good. And and all you got to do is search for it and install it and uh, make sure to use it. No matter where you are around the world, you'll be able to tune in uh, to any show that's going on, uh, whether it's live and archive format. Um, And and one of the best features that I wanted to discuss this morning is that people can actually comment as the show is going on. Now, how does this work? How does this uh, system work? Can everyone see it? Uh, is it eventually going to get to some type of Facebook page where people can additionally comment? How does this whole system work? Right. So basically in the app, you listen to the content, you click on add a comment, you add a comment, 
And what that does is it knows who you are because you've already logged into the app. Right. And it will add a comment to the current uh, episode that you're on. So if it's... Uh, if you're listening to a, a live stream, it'll add it to the, the live stream. It'll automatically go into the archives. If you're on an archive already and listening to that, it'll just add it to that, and you'll see the historical uh, comments on there. Now, can uh, someone comment on one of those comments, or it doesn't work in that format the way we're used to on so Facebook? I see that a lot of people are doing that kind right. of thing, like asking questions and stuff. So Correct. maybe a future version we can add uh, what's called threading. Right. That would be responses to uh, to comments. Right. Otherwise, the only way to follow it would actually be to be on the comment page and see how people are reacting to what you've written, right? But Correct. there is some type of threading, meaning if I'm listening to an archive and I'm commenting on an archive, if somebody listening to that archive a few weeks later, their comment's going to be there in that archive set, not in some other random So place. that leads to my next question. If I'm listening to an archive of a show from last week, it will show will the, comments. the comments from that show will be on. Yeah, the only way to see the live comments that are happening at that very moment is to be on the live stream. Mm-hmm. That would be the, or right, to be on the live stream listening to a show that's happening at that moment. Yeah, it automatically takes care of all the behind the scenes and figures out where it needs to go in the future, basically. So, yes, go ahead. The important point that we didn't make, because we keep forgetting all the million points we right. have to make, is that anybody who downloads the app can listen to the stream. No ifs, ands, or buts straight. Correct. All these other features that we're talking about, you need to sign up. So you need to put your name in, email address. No you charge. Sign up with no charge, but you have to sort of register so we can track. Including archives? Um, I think you can. Can you listen to an archive without logging in or You not? can browse the archives. I think we locked it down once you actually right. want to You listen. certainly can't download yeah. the archives, I don't right. think. So, and it takes two, three seconds to register. And obviously. we'd have to assume that anybody interested in our programming would want to actually log in Correct. and be part and, of the whole And again, experience. we're not verifying email addresses and right. stuff like that, but it's just it's a way to identify the commenter, um, you know, and 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 the user, and to interact. And again, we're, we're here to interact with the user, and we're trying to create more and more ways. So it's important. I let me let me uh, announce that uh, because in the next few minutes, we'd love to hear from people out there who've actually tried the app or have questions. Uh, or comments about the app. So number one, we will look at the comments that are coming through, right? That's the first thing. We're going to look at the comments that are coming through right now on the app. So if anybody wants the comment, we'll see it in the next few minutes. And there's an old-fashioned thing called a telephone. If you want to call up and actually ask a question right now, uh, Rusty Brick and Mark Zomick, it's a combination you're not going to hear very often on the air. So take advantage and call right now if you have a question, even a general question for Rusty Brick about the apps that they produce, uh, but specifically, of course, what they've done for us over the last few months, uh, 201-209-9368. Again, that's 201-209-9368. You can hear my app in the background as I log in and to see what's going on. And, and I see I see the comments from uh, Rusty Brick are coming through so far. <laughs> they, they are tuned in and enjoying the show this morning. Friday morning, Rosh Chodesh at JM&AM. If you don't know the brand-new app yet, one of the best ways, if not the only way, to listen to the parade show this coming Sunday is going to be with the app. I always say, and I know that people, I'm sure people, I shouldn't say I know because I don't know, but I'm sure people have trouble with this reference. I always say it's like a transistor radio. If you are, if you are you know somewhere what, when in I the le- world right. and you just want to listen like we used to with a transistor, that's what it is. And, and it's interesting because the, uh, for some reason, in, I got a new car a while ago, the reception of 91.1 is not as good in the car, even though I live in the area. Right. I don't listen to 91.1 anymore. 
My car, is, my my phone is set. I get in my car. It starts playing. Jamie the Am. It's um, you know, and a couple people commented that maybe they don't want it to play out of whatever. I'm very happy. The car goes on and it happens whether I'm in San Francisco or it's <laughs> San Antonio. I Bluetooth my, you know, I I pair my phone to my car and it's playing. So I actually get out of my car, turn my car off, get out. It's playing on my phone. I literally. Oh, you had what, what did you have yesterday? I, remember, I yesterday specifically. I do. I do it every Friday when I get out of my car. You talk to Malcolm. Right. I walk into the building carrying my phone. Right. Held up to my ear like a transistor radio. Exactly. It's, exactly. It's it's I put it in my pocket upside down. Right. The speakers are going right up to me. Totally. I don't even. I don't even do what all the kids do. Use that stuff that goes in your ears. Uh, comment on the app already. Why we need ads on the app? Uh, I don't know. Is a would a would it interfere at all with a user's experience? The ads that we have. I don't think I it would think interfere very, at all. Right. I think that. Uh, um, the fact is, um, first of all, I would say, why not? Right, exactly. And second of all, um, one of the things, I, I've, we have this at, at work all the time, um, why why was television invented? Communication? To sell advertising. Right, <laughs> exactly. And so there's a there's a compact. No, but I'm saying it differently. Like, is it does it at all interfere with the user experience? No, I ads that are on these apps? Meaning my point is, is that, you watch television for free right. in exchange for watching advertising. Right, exactly. Why is it? This is not. This does not affect the user experience. Right, but I'm trying to make a further point that you know, TV advertising does interfere with the user. Correct. Right? But I that's had to, the deal I had to you wait make. to watch the continuation of the Ranger game last night until that ad finished. <laughs> that's the deal but you here, make for watching it for free. Right, but here. So it could be that in I don't some even future think it interferes version of the experience. Right. So it could be that in some future version of the app, we'll do a paid app with no advertising. But there you uh, go. this is not the kind of advertising when you're in a game and there pop. There right, are no exactly. pop-up windows. There are no. It's, it's so limited. I mean. You know, thanks for our friends at Rusty Brick. It's so limited. You're on the air. We're talking about the app this morning. Hi. Thank you. Oh, sorry about that. 201-209-9368 is the number for an old-fashioned phone call. 201-209-9368. If you have a question about the brand-new app and the experience that it's bringing our listeners, and you can comment directly on the app right now, we will see it, and we'll certainly address whatever issue you're bringing up Ronnie Schwartz is here from uh, Rusty Brick and, of course, Mark Zomick. Um, uh, I do, do want to say, by the way, yeah. That um, I deal with a fair number of technology people and developers. These guys were an absolute pleasure to deal with. Wow. Really. Very enthusiastic. It's sometimes a challenging industry, isn't it? It is not sometimes a challenging industry. I mean, we don't. Do, I don't develop apps like this for a living, but um, I definitely deal with programmers um, on a hour by hour basis. And uh, and other than the ones who actually report to me, these guys are the best I've ever dealt with. Hi, you're live on the air. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Is there a way to log in and create a, uh, create an account if you're not a Facebook user? Ronnie? Yes, you could sign up. Uh, just fill out the first name, last name, and email, and you're you're signed up. So all you need is an email address. Exactly. Right, and even if you are a Facebook user, you don't have to log in using your Facebook ID. The Facebook was there, so ultimately in the next couple of days when you make comments, those comments will be posted to the NSN Facebook page. Actually, now they're posted to your Facebook page. Right. It's a way for you to share your experience with others. When is that going to happen, by the way? Do we have word yet when the NSN, uh, Nahum Siegel Network, more accurately, Nahum Siegel Network Facebook update page will have the comments so on it? So the, the app just got approved last night. So oh, good. I'm going to work on that today. So <laughs> we, it could be by after the weekend? It could be. All right, great. So if you're, if you're, if you're at your computer dirt on uh, Sunday what, um, at the parade, you never know. For those of you out of town, really, we should only allow people um, <laughs> to listen right. to the parade. Otherwise, you have to be at the parade. Exactly. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning. Could you please explain 
explain to us ignorant people what an app is? Can you explain what an app is? Uh, I think I can handle that. <laughs> um, everybody has cell phones. A lot of people have cell phones. Uh, apps are basically little programs that run on that cell phone. Uh, so this app uh, particularly is an app that when you open it up, it plays the what you're hearing on the air right now. Simple as that. And by the way, um, the app, and, and I don't know if this is unique to us or not, do apps generally stay on in the background on iPhones, on Androids, like is that, or is that simply our feature? Yeah, typically they do not. Uh, for music apps and things like that, Apple has a setting that allows us to do those kind of things. Right, so if you're listening to your regular music library that's on your phone, that's going to play while you're reading your email and while you're, uh, you know, and while you're doing anything else on your phone, unless something else takes over the sound right. to override that. I like when my phone goes back on and the background of my app is on it. You know, when I yeah, have to put I, in the password and all that. Yeah, it has I all the cool. album art and everything. In yeah, it. which is really cool. And we should mention, by the way, that it's a visual also because aside from the pictures and videos and slideshows that we described earlier, that can be part of any show. Uh, on top of that, we actually have uh, appealing album art or appealing yeah. show art that accompanies each show. We're trying to upgrade that as well. I just got a picture somebody posted uh, last night of Miriam Wallach. That's definitely going to have to be incorporated in the app. There you go. Did you see Randy Wartowski's picture that I'd, she posted? I'd, oh, it's from years ago? Oh, yeah. Um, it, more comments on the app. What an incredible partnership with Rusty Brick, who continues to innovate and change the landscape of our Jewish community. That was mother. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It looks like a legit, it looks like a legit comment. It looks like legit comment. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the one, the one, the one, the one, the ones in the Rusty Brick family I right. haven't read, but believe, <laughs> believe me, they are shepping Nachas, I can tell you that much. Uh, if you haven't installed the brand new app yet, again, search Nachum Siegel Network on your phone, Android, iPhone, etc. For the parade show on Sunday from 11 until 2, it'll be very valuable. You'll be able to hear what's happening Excuse me, on Fifth Avenue. And every show that we do, whether it's Charlie Harari, whether it's Miriam Wallach, uh, whether it's Mark Zomick, whether it's any personality that's affiliated in any way with the JMNAM live stream as you've gotten used to it over the last couple of years, all those shows are available on the app. And there are a couple other features I want to talk about before we wrap up. Hi, you're live on the air with Rusty Brick and uh, JM in the AM. Good morning. Good morning. It's Judy Cooter. Oh. I um, have been having trouble finding the app. Here's the day. This is the right day to call. I heard, I'm listening to the radio now and Desc- I and gave Des- the numbers. I said, okay. Describe to us the problem. Since the day that it was announced, and I, in fact, the day of, uh, I think, it was on. Uh, Yom Yerushalayim, and I really wanted to okay. be listening all day, and go, I couldn't. Go ahead. Describe the problem. We'll give you the I answer. I don't know. I'm, I'm in. I'm an Android user. I'm in Play Store. Good. And I'm not. I've gone through every. Is it? Is the phone in front of you? Yes, it is. Ronnie, yeah, what do you, you say? You should be able to just search for Nachum Siegel, and it should pop up there. Have you searched? Do you know how to search on your phone for an app? It's just at the top. It's there's a search thing. I think I put in the Nachum Siegel. The other day. Happening as we speak. <laughs> it's, it's to make sure I come. And then you would see an NSN logo, right? Same as the iPhone? You see an NSN logo pop up at some point? Yeah. It's N-A-C-H-U-M. Right. S-E-G-A-L. U-M. Yeah, we just did it here on an Android, and it literally popped up as we speak. So. It could be your phone is not compatible with the app. Is it an older phone? It's a, a, a Galaxy S3. No, that no, should work. That's a pretty <laughs> That should work, right? S-E-G-A-L. Um, come on, we need another app user. This, this, come on, this, come on. No, it's not coming. Okay, oh, there, no. there is another way of getting the app. Yeah, you can go, go to nachumsegel.com slash app. 
and that would bring up uh, links and then to download a link the app. You could click on oh, the link meaning if you're in your browser on your phone. If yeah, you're in your browser on your phone, just go to NahumSiegel.com slash app. It should come up. 201-209-9368. 201-209-9368. We have a few minutes left here. Um, one commenter says, thank you for being in the studio so early for this interesting conversation. Wait a second. We're always in the studio this early. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us. I know. I'm kidding around. I'm already in my office at this point. <laughs> I know. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, all right. We, let's talk about a couple of other features that I feel are important, and not just important, I think can get us worldwide attention. I asked you if this app, I asked you this months ago, if this app will be able to wake somebody up. Yes. If they'll be able to literally use it as an alarm. Uh, traditionally, there's a million sounds you could use in your iPhone or any phone to, to wake yourself up, right? Yep. Uh, you set it in your, uh, in your clock setting. Uh, what happens when one sets, how, how does one go ahead and set this app to wake them up in the morning? Yeah, so you go into the app, there's a little setting for uh, an alarm, and you click, you set the time that you want the alarm to go off. And what happens is it automatically will uh, play the live feed right when you when you want that alarm to go off. Now, a 16-year-old on the way back from Marev last night says to me in a complaining voice, <laughs> "You know, you have Do 16-year-olds to- talk in a non-complaining <laughs> voice. <laughs> you know, you have to have your app. Excuse me, you have to have your phone plugged in to be able to use the alarm feature. Is that true? In in the iOS version, it is true, just Why? because uh, in order to play a live feed, you can't trigger an app to automatically open up. So we're kind of like making it, it's not a real requirement, but we're making it a requirement to make it sure that people actually wake up with the, li- with the live feed. Because apparently in the world of teens, one of the worst things you could do is charge your phone overnight. Right. <laughs> that's that's the, I don't know if it's a myth or if it's reality. There are a lot of people who think that it runs down your battery. Right. But true that, or not? Uh, older batteries, I think it was true. The newer batteries, it's not as true, I, I'm pretty sure. Oh, so it's likely a non-issue to keep it plugged in all night long. Modern batteries, it's not as oh, much yeah, of an yeah, issue. Not an issue. So, Especially oh, if it's yeah. a teenager, they're getting new phones every yeah, year tr- anyway. Trust me, they have a better phone than I do. Trust <laughs> me. All right, that's good to know. So the alarm feature works. The only thing you have right. to keep in mind is to keep it plugged and in. And your night. instructions there on the alarm Right, page. it says that. Right. right. Android, right. you don't have to keep it open at all. You can leave the app closed, and it'll right. automatically open up uh, during the right time. On iOS, if your app is, if you close out the app and you don't have it plugged in or any of these things, we have backups, uh, backup audio that's not the actual live feed, but it will wake you up in, in time. Think if there are any other cool features I forgot about. Yeah. Hi, you're on the air with our friends from Rusty Brick and JM Nam. Good morning. Good morning. The app on the Android is awesome. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Where do you live? What area? Airline, New Jersey. There you go. So even in Bergen County, they're tuned in on the app, which is fantastic. See that? Like you said, you know, ninety-one point one is exactly. great, but the app—it's way clearer in the car. It is much. It is much clearer. It's Jam Nam is much clearer in Beersheba than it is in Fairmont. Right. So I will say that um, I uh, I have an, uh, a phone, an iPhone five. Right. I use AT and T. Right. Yay, T.T. And I, uh, for the past, I guess, 30, 40 days, commuting into Manhattan every day, listening to the stream, not a blip. I mean, every once in a while you have cell phone issues, but really, because of the the buffering, you really don't feel. That was one of the requirements, is that um, in in the original NSN app. Right. It dropped the stream a lot. Correct. And one of the things I noticed is that I never have trouble 
logging in, getting it, you know. Well, you don't have to log in every time. No, right? I didn't mean log right. in. I, I mean starting the app and uh, right. just hearing it right away. Well, Mark was a great beta tester. Every morning I got an email from Mark. <laughs> <laughs> he lasted this long before it crashed, and right. he made sure that it... it was there a lot of crashing? It was stable. The first few days, but after that it got uh, taken care of. I'll tell you one of the best features, and it's a good. Re- I'm glad you asked the question because I wanted to bring it up. One of the things I think we might have to tweak in the next version is you can download onto your phone archives. Right. So you don't have to be listening live. You don't have to right. connect. So you could do it at home connected to Wi-Fi. Listen on the plane. Listen on the plane, whatever. But I'm saying you don't have to use data charts right. to do it. So the way to do that is to go select the archive you want to listen to. When the archive starts playing right away, there's a little eye on the top of the screen. You click the eye, you get a pop-up that has one of the choices is to download the, the that, that archive show, to your phone. Which is why the Om Yushalayim show is now in my phone. I just I did that before. Right, so you can the download eye. the whole right. you can download that whole show to your and then delete it after you listen to it or keep it or whatever. You can listen on a plane if you want. Right, right, exactly. exactly. So, which is the best thing. so you don't need to be um, you don't need to be connected. So just listen, go to the archive, click the I button on top of the on top of, on the top right. You get the choices to download, email. I mean, there are other things that you can do with right. the. You get us uh, to subscribe to your shows. So if you like a particular uh, um, show, you right. can subscribe to it there. Well, also now because again we started with a back end, there'll be there are keywords that now are going to be tags that they call them associated with every show. So ultimately, for example, if you're a fan of, I don't know why the name pops in my head, Allison Joseph, Jew in the City. Right. So if she, if you search for Allison Joseph, it'll come up whatever show. That she was on, right. and give you those results. Right. If you like Israel, any show having to do with Israel right. will uh, will pop up. Um, all right. Before I uh, do a little um, a review with uh, Rusty Brick about some of the uh, things they're involved with now, is there anything else you could think of in terms of special features? That people should be aware of cool stuff with the app. I mean, a lot of stuff you just described is very cool, obviously. Right. I, I was. I mean, really, I think that that, that the what drove us um, in uh, in designing the app was to enhance the user experience, and like mu- much of media today, um, trying to engage the user in a different way in a two in a two way street. Radio is traditionally you're talking into an empty studio st- into, into a microphone in an empty studio staring at the wall. I mean, there's so social media is exploding, and conversations are all over the place, and we wanted the listeners to be a part of those conversations and us to be a part of those conversations with the listeners. And hopefully they'll continue to do so, and that audience will build and build. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello? Hello, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Yes, you from Muncie. Hi. Uh, is there a version for Windows Phone? Not currently. There is not a version for Windows Phone. Is that hard for us to do? Uh, it's a different. That would be like a whole new project. It's a different project, uh, but uh, it's definitely something we can do. So, if is you, it popular Windows Phone? Well, what are, percentage of this audience has a Windows Phone? If you're an Achim Siegel listener that is on a Windows Phone, you should definitely email the station and make sure that uh, you push them to do it. <laughs> <laughs> what percentage of this audience has Windows Phones? Uh, in your, pro- probably not a lot. No. <laughs> I mean, four percent, like around there somewhere. If you're lucky, <laughs> not even four yeah. percent. You're live on the air. Good morning. Hi. Hi, good morning. Will the um, artist's name and the song title be on the new app? I'm glad you asked that. Uh, generally, any music stream show that's on during the day already has that, correct? Only non-shows, meaning that correct. when the 24-hour quote-unquote right. stream plays. When music is scheduled to play continuously, right now right. it's on. So the, at 10 o'clock today, you'll see titles for songs. Correct. Yes. JM and the AM, which you can see... 
Um, which I, I should say it differently. JNM, where we keep a playlist, which people will see, for instance, on certain archives. I don't think we've built it to Right, but I've it. spoken to Ronnie, and that's something that we're going to try to incorporate, right, at some point. Definitely. We're going to try to incorporate that when I'm... In- we'll incorporate any feature you want him to incorporate. I understand that, but it sounded like it wasn't complicated <laughs> I actually, just this last week, I heard on the Yom Yerushalayim show, I heard a, a Yom Yerushalayim song that was very interesting, and I haven't heard it in a long time. I commented while I was driving using my voice, and uh, I, I looked it up after to see what song right. it was. And it was so, a little hard, so it makes sense to definitely Correct. Put in so like our this. playlist on JMNAM hopefully will in fact be incorporated into that uh, into the app at some point in the very near future. Uh, one listener says on the app itself, on the comments, only way to get a clear signal in Dal Harbor. <laughs> you could you could you could fill in the blank <laughs> right. in every neighborhood <laughs> for that. Uh, does the rusty brick sh- uh, sitter have an English upgrade option? Is the question? It sure does. We have uh, English for all of our nusach. Oh, meaning the original sitter was only in Hebrew, and now someone could have Hebrew and the English translation right. in that same... Uh, in the the sitter app, yeah, is 9.99, and that gives you Hebrew right. for uh, any nusach, and then inside there we have English upgrades for each one. And I wanted to give you a chance to talk about some of the other cool stuff you're working on. Tell, talk about the... Uh, what's the name? Shul... Shul Cloud. Shul Cloud. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Shul Cloud yeah, is uh, basically a system for any synagogue, um, people who manage the synagogue, gabayim in synagogues, rabbis in synagogues, uh, gives you a website. It gives you um, financial tracking, so you could actually send out invoices and stuff to your members. Literally after Shabbos, a gabai goes in there, they fill out a form. This guy got Cohen, this guy got Levy. He pledged eighteen dollars. Immediately after, he gets a he gets a, uh, a an email uh, with your show logo and a, a one click button to uh, to pay right away. And people make a joke at the bima. I actually took over as gabai in my shul. They get a joke and they start like you know using their like they're typing on an iPhone or something because literally immediately after Shabbos they get a bill. They think it's funny, but it, it really it really has helped a lot of shuls come into you know the modern era and uh, become uh, actually financially had, good and more efficient. Our, we had to change yes. our bylaws to um, a few well, months Mark ago. Has, your shul has it, right? Right. We just got it. So we one of the things that we did was a technically official notice for anything that the shul needs to send official notice for needed to be in the mail. And so, um, meaning that if there's a general membership snail meeting, mail? Uh, right, the general membership meeting or a vote or whatever, you know, you have to notify the congregation by United States Postal Service. Correct. So we changed the bylaws to allow people to opt in to get those via email. Shul could save a lot of money, right. send it out quicker or whatever. So um, we're, we're in the process of trans. Yeah, we've changed a lot of shuls to be almost completely paperless. All the right. tax statements, everything goes out via email now. Uh, anything else cool happening at the Rusty Brick office today? I mean, what's the, what's today's current project? So, luckily, Apple released our newest app, and it's called Minion Now. Which means? Uh, Minion Now is a an app that allows you to create a minion on the fly. So, if you are an Avel or something in your middle of the airport and you need to get a minion, uh, <laughs> it used to be very difficult, but not anymore. We have an iPhone and an Android app that, that's released in the App Store right now. You can search for Minion Now. And it will, uh, you hit a button and it'll ask you what time you want the minion. It'll show you, uh, common places around that area and knows where you are. But the other nine people will know to come to that place how? So push notifies them. So it shows you how many people are in the area. Um, and in order to, uh, to qualify to be in the area, you have to be a male over 13 <laughs> and, and obviously Jewish. <laughs> and uh, allow push notifications. And allow push notifications. And then once you have those three criteria, it shows your number in the list and everybody in that area will be notified. 
and then they can join in. And then as you grow the minion, it turns, it puts like a, a little dot, a green dot, on next to each one of the stars, uh, showing ten stars. Once you have ten stars, you have a minion. Well, I will tell you something. I only want the tenth star. I don't want the, I don't want the fourth and fifth star. I want to be the tenth each and every time. Well, either the first or the tenth, right? You either want to initiate. Right, I need a exactly. minion. But nobody ever talks about the first guy. It's right. always the tenth that gets all the praise. You know what I mean? Right. I felt that way. I was in San Antonio a few weeks ago, and I was the tenth guy in the minion. And I would go. Like, so if I wasn't in San Antonio today, what would you guys be doing? All right. We got to wrap up. Big thank you to Rusty Brick. Um, information about all your apps, I assume, is on your website, right? Yes. We have a special page right now. If you go to rustybrick.com slash NSN, you fill out the form, you can win two, two free apps. All right. Fantastic. Uh, so check that out, rustybrick.com slash NSN. You can win free apps. And don't forget to install our app. Uh, hopefully immediately, if not that at some point today, and do so before the parade Sunday because right. we'll be there on Fifth Avenue and it's the best way to tune in. Can't promise we're going to change the artwork. To re- oh, actually we are. It's already fixed All for right. the people who are sponsoring the parade. Phenomenal. We have the artwork already loaded in. Um, and again, I will for, for those listeners who are involved in any kind of technology development or whatever. It's not just the app; they really built the back end infrastructure for us as well. Um, you know, I really that encourage them, and, and it doesn't only have to be Jewish. Right. A lot although of it's certainly easier to co- converse with them about Jewish stuff. Right. A um, lot of people assume that we are doing Jewish apps, but actually, ninety five percent of our business is uh, you know mid sized businesses on the web, building them infrastructure for them of all varieties. Yes. Right, not, so they literally took the spreadsheet that I des- designed to manage the back end and translated it into a whole back end website. Yeah, but still, when people ask Rusty Brick what makes them more proud, working with MTV or with Malcolm <laughs> Single Network, they always say Malcolm Single Network. It's always Malcolm <laughs> Single <laughs> Network. And Malcolm, and, and Malcolm Online says he gets way more comments about his appearance here than and, anywhere else. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, you know. And our best to our friends at MTV. Hope they're doing well. I, I hope their app is uh, is up to speed like ours is now. And they're always up to date. There you go. Uh, Ronnie, thank you. Thank you. Rustybrick.com slash NSN. All the information on the web about everything you do. Mark, thank you, thank you, thank you. My pleasure. Uh, amazing what you've done. Sunday and, morning. And we'll see you Sunday morning. It starts at 11 a.m., of course, on the app, on the stream. Everybody's desktop can get it at jmnam.org. Yeah, stop by live site. where we are, like 67, 68. I remember it in the mid-60s, 65, right. 66 maybe. Oh, I thought it was a, it's, it's, it's it's immediately a south of the reviewing station. Right. Trade T-shirts. Remember the policy this year, because we want to cut down on how many T-shirts we have Absolutely. to give away. If you want a T-shirt, just bring your own, and we'll try to exchange it while supplies right. last. Um, and uh, it'll be—I re- think it's a really—it's a really great event. I think it's a tremendous kiddush Hashem for us to be involved in the event. I think it's especially for our listeners who are out of town. Right. It's a—it's um, a service we could provide for them. I think there'll be a video posted of our um, we're recording it while we're there so right. there'll be a video posted afterwards so I, th- I really I, I mean look there's so much and you'll probably talk about it with Malcolm and I know Michael Fragan spent a lot of time talking about it last night I love that show last night you know there's a lot going on it, out we're there. standing together and everybody who comes to 5th Avenue on Sunday you should just say to them thank you for coming to celebrate Israel and that's simple. all you need to do simple as that and by the way last comment on the app will comments be seen by everyone uh, the answer is yes, but we do have a monitor who, uh, yes. you know, can 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 make sure everything stays on the straight and narrow. The, mo- the moderator, there have been a lot of stuff that have been right. disabled, exactly. right. and not because it was wrong, just right. because people were testing. Didn't belong, right. 
All right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Mark Zomick, Ronnie Schwartz of Rusty Brick. A great day for us here at JM. The Malcolm Honeline Weekly Update coming up and plenty more on a Friday Rosh Chodesh morning. Candle lighting at 7.59 as we get set for the big parade on Sunday. And don't forget Monday morning. Monday morning will be at RTMA. We visit another amazing school in our area, and that's RTMA at 3.30 Almora Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. We are there Monday between 6 and 9 in advance of their big dinner coming up in the middle of June. Looking forward to Monday morning with our friends from RTMA right here at JM in the AM. Yeah. 
That's a collection of selections that uh, Avram Fried and family put together entitled My Zadis Miros. Happens to be an a cappella album, and it's uh, pretty amazing. Menucha Vesimcha, Shalom Aleichem, and one of the Mayadidu selections from that a CD. 12 minutes before 8 o'clock on a Friday, it's JM the Rosh Chodesh morning. That's right, we're getting closer and closer to the holiday of Shavuos. Crazy schedule for us, us next week. Wednesday and Thursday will be off for the holiday of Shavuos. Back on Friday, 
That's right. Next week, the weekly update. <laughs> I guess we'll have to talk about blitzes and cheesecake. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the focus of everyone's week once we reconvene next Friday morning. It's day forty-five in the counting of the Omer on this Rosh Chodesh and candlelighting at seven fifty-nine. Uh, make sure you know when things start where you are. A lot of synagogues begin earlier, of course. Uh, we do our parade show on Sunday. Make sure you're at the uh, Celebrate Israel parade. And then Monday morning, don't forget, we'll be at RTMA, another uh, amazing uh, school program for us. Uh, RTMA and our friends in Elizabeth, New Jersey, will be where we are at 330 Elmora Avenue this coming Monday between 6 and 9. Make sure to be tuned in. should be a lot of fun. The school shows tend to be uh, just that. Uh, Malcolm Honeline. Oh, I want to, before we go to Malcolm, just a big thank you to our friends at JewishWorldReview.com who continue to enthusiastically recommend to their readers our incredible audio live stream. We just spent a great deal of time talking about our brand new uh, app and all the programming that's available, including Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night with Avrami and Matis on uh, Sunday morning with JM Sunday. And remember, he'll be speaking with one of Yanni's singers who's going to be in Israel this coming week. She'll be traveling with Yanni to Israel, just one of the acts that uh, continues to go against the BDS movement and show support for Israel and play Israel uh, for all the fans there. Anyway, uh, she's Matis' guest this coming Sunday during JM Sunday between 7 and 9 Eastern Time on our stream at jmandtheam.org. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations and joins us for the weekly update here on a Friday morning. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Good morning, and, and your reference to the performers who are going to Israel, while well, we read generally only about those who announce a boycott. Right. You know that Justin Timberlake was there this week right. and had 44,000 people came to the Hayakon, the park end, for the concert. But more interestingly, uh, yesterday the Rolling Stones announced that they're changing the time of their performance next week <laughs> in order for religious Jews and their religious fans to be able to come. So they moved it from 8.30 to Back until uh, 9.15. For Wednesday night. For Wednesday night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no comment is necessary. On unbelievable. That. One day of Shavuos in Israel, folks. So Wednesday night, the Rolling Stones are playing. And I knew of people that, that had made arrangements to actually stay in the Tel Aviv area for Shavuos Day so that they'd be able to go straight to the concert. Talk talk about the talk about the differences of how one spends one night to the next. huh? <laughs> I mean, up all night Tuesday night, and then with the Rolling Stones Wednesday night. But your point, of course, is that they're accommodating the feds, and they continue. And by the way, apparently it was Bob Dylan who convinced the Stones to not convinced, who recommended to the Stones yes, to, go. to go to Israel. But in general, just the 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 entire topic is uh, is one of um, is one that we could talk about all morning long. It's amazing how these artists go to Israel. Obviously, they have worldwide influence. You just mentioned how many people came to this week's concert. They have so much. Uh, so many fans who take everything they say so seriously when they do, in fact, go ahead and make a symbolic gesture or say something positive about Israel. We know it's having a very big effect. You know how we know? Because the enemy is out there destroying them afterwards. I'm sure you saw that, right? That just the fact that he hashtagged the word Israel in his tweet from the Kotel was a big deal among the uh, Arab nations. But if you saw that the, in, in one hour, when he posted the picture, I actually had some involvement in he, he went right from the airport in the middle of the night to the hotel. This uh-huh. is Justin Timberlake, and he had three hundred thousand likes in an hour or two. He has he and his wife, who's an actress, 
have 50 million people following them on, on Facebook and their other uh, Internet. And he put that picture out himself uh, standing at the hotel. He got negative response, which is why people should respond positively. Right. Whether you listen to his music or not, you should show him support and express appreciation. But 300,000 likes, it tells you the power and why we have America's Voices, which is bringing over all of these people, because their influence in reaching audiences who may not read a newspaper or may not follow, you know, detail what's happening, but when they see him telling how amazing Israel is or people equivalent to him, I, I, it has a really broad impact. And on the topic of uh, telling people what Israel is, uh, I would love to see some people from our community uh, talk about Israel with the same enthusiasm as a Justin Timberlake. And guess what, Malcolm? We have an opportunity this coming Sunday uh, to actually show our support and speak loudly on behalf of Israel and celebrate Israel, which is something that you always encourage because we do spend a lot of time sometimes on the downtime uh, or the down uh, aspects of um, of our tradition or the more the more uh, sad aspects of our tradition. We take those seriously, which we should, uh, but often we don't celebrate enough of Israel and Jewish pride. So this Sunday on Fifth Avenue, we have an opportunity to do that. We saw this week in Jerusalem Day how few celebrations there were to commemorate this such an important anniversary, the 47th anniversary of Jerusalem being reunited. We talk about it. We, we, we pray about Jerusalem so many times each day. It's in all our tefillahs. We talk about the return and we talk about the rebuilding. And here we have it, and not even events to commemorate, to talk about the history, to, to recreate the, the context. The Arabs are all the time knocking it, denying our connection, trying to undermine the, the, the history and taking away our past to take away our future. And so few people and so few synagogues and, and, and places, whether they said halal or not, but to commemorate it, to talk about it, to talk about Yerushalayim and Jerusalem's significance. It's mentioned almost 700 times in Tanakh, and we can't take one day where we teach the young about it to, to celebrate the great gift we have of this vibrant city, and and to to talk about it, as you said, like some of these visitors who, who write back, and yeah. I, I send the copies of it, because Jews have to read it. They have to be re-inspired, and maybe it takes outsiders to remind us, and to come to the parade and to, to other opportunities to show that we care and we appreciate what a Kaddish Baruch what God has given us this generation. Yeah, we have to really, we have to make sure we spur our Jewish leaders of all types to speak positively and to get these messages out to our communities. It's so important. And by the way, I'm sure you saw the debate. Jerusalem Day should be a national holiday in Israel. And I claim, as we said Wednesday here, it should be an international holiday for all Jews. It doesn't mean a religious one necessarily, but every Jewish community around the world should in some way acknowledge and focus on uh, on the fact that Yom Yerushalayim exists. Maybe as we get closer to the 50th anniversary of its reunification, maybe it'll spur people on to uh, to include it a little bit more in their public presentations. Who knows? One can only hope. Um, it, it, let's go back uh, to the beginning of the week, and then we'll come back to uh, some of the things that happened in Israel and other places and continue to happen um, uh, it, more recently. Uh, take us back to the Brussels attack of this past weekend, and uh, I'm sure you're more able to uh, clearly um, uh, describe for us uh, whether this was a, a terror attack, uh, an anti-Semitic attack, all the different classifications that different uh, authorities wanted to give what happened in Brussels, this tragedy this past weekend. What update can you give us regarding that uh, attack? Well, uh, as you know, an Israeli couple 
who were involved in national service and representing Israel abroad, um, but were there in the museum visiting innocently a, a, an employee, a French employee of the museum, and the fourth person connected to it were all victims of the attack. The they have not apprehended the person responsible, so we're not going to know fully what the motivation, but from all the evidence points that this was uh, carried out coolly, uh, efficiently, walked in, shot, and left. Now, some people say maybe he was targeting those people. We have no indication that that is the case, and it comes within the broader context of events there, the up, the election that was held uh, shortly thereafter, the the uh, parliamentary elections, which have aroused a lot of passions in, uh, in in Europe, around Europe, and we'll talk about those results, because I believe that, that they all interrelate, that there is a climate that's being created. Again, we can't attribute the particular event, but, you know, the same day, two Jews leaving a shul, a synagogue in Paris, right. get attacked, beaten up, uh, one of the latest in a long series of such uh, incidents, each one of which can be, you know, uh, minimized or, or uh, not considered as a cataclysmic event. But you have to look at the totality of what's happening and the the tsunami of the election results. Where, where in France, in particular, you have the Le Pen party getting uh, pulling the largest numbers of votes and getting 25 percent, will have real impact on the domestic politics of France. Aside from what will happen in the European Parliament. Uh, I may as well take a second just to review that, because we're talking now about the whole climate that is being created, and I think you will see new attacks on the issue of Brit Milav, circumcision, on Shechita, ritual slaughter. But even a violent attack like that of last weekend, you would say, is part of the whole uh, uh, atmosphere? Yes, I do say it. Wow. And, and I'm saying to you that there are, look, we have Halimi, we had the attacks in Toulouse, you had the attacks there, you had the attack in, in Germany, you've had attacks in, in Great Britain. We've, I mean, we've, had, we've seen these physical manifestations, not talking just about hate speech, right. but you have constant incitement, you have the, you know, the Quinell, the, the pseudo-Nazi salute uh, that Dujian, uh, the comedian, so-called comedian, introduced. Uh, and and then it being displayed at, at uh, sports games and in different uh, public venues, all of these things right. are part of the whole. And right, but in this case, we just don't know. Right, the suspect's still at large. Right, so we just right, and we don't right. know what what the particular right. motivation was. But clearly, right. it's it's something. It, it appears at least to be right. The venue, etc. Right, uh, an attack. There was nothing directed at those two individuals. Said to them, right, that would indicate that it was directed to them, but. You know, we had Golden Dawn in Greece winning three seats, and it is a, uh, an extremist party called neo-Nazi, um, the, the, and they have uh, a symbol which is sort of reconstructed swastika. You have the NPD in Germany, which is clearly neo-Nazi. They got one seat. In Hungary, the Jobbik party, or Jobbik, as they say, got three seats, and they are uh, very extreme, sort of uh, along the same lines as... Uh, as Golden Dawn, they they talked about having one of their members uh, who called for registering Jews as a national security threat. You've told us about European equivalents to the uh, to the Conference of Presidents. How are they dealing with all this? How are those that are turned to for leadership at at, at this time dealing with uh, with what's going on? And how are they approaching the individual European governments to discuss these things? Well, there have been, and the French government, in fact, all of the governments have responded. 
this is not a case where governments are indifferent. The problem is that, that they have to be much tougher on a lot of issues. Now, I want to be clear that some of the parties that won, and I didn't, I'm not going to go through all of them now, but some of the parties that won are really anti-immigration. Some of them are your skeptics. Right. Some of them are not anti-Semitic. It's not their agenda. Uh, Garrett uh, Wielder's party in Netherlands isn't anti. He thinks of himself as pro-Israel. Right. Um, but but what, it, what it reflects is the unrest. A lot of it is motivated by the poor economic conditions, the anti-Muslim feeling, which spills over to the Jewish community, and certainly anti-Semitic movements. We should not minimize it. You have to confront it. You have to address it. You have to deal with it. Some are de- dealing with it by leaving. But the, for the bulk of the community that's remaining, the, the leadership in the Jewish community, whether in Brussels or in Paris and London, have been outspoken. I think that for a long time they refused, and when I would raise these issues, they were very sensitive and sometimes even resentful about uh, my assessments of, of where things were headed and, and that of others. And I think it's, it, you know, that was regrettable, but they are there. They're speaking out. The, they have expressions of support from much of the political spectrum when these uh, things occur. But it, it, it is a warning sign to us what's happened. So and the election, you could see a change, for instance, in, in Israel-related issues when 25% of the people sitting now in the parliament are affiliated with extremist parties of one kind or another. Um, if you were asked to address, and I don't want to be too dramatic here, because I don't think you're being an alarmist on this issue. issue. I think it's more of a reality. But uh, if you were to address European jury, obviously you wouldn't call for everyone to you know to run and hide at the moment. But but what would the message be? Would you call for more involvement for people to be more engaged with government officials and to play more of an active role and to take seriously what's happening politically around them? Uh, the answer is never to run and hide. To, to leave, not because they have to run, but because they can leave when they can. They're, and, uh, what, 3,500 French Jews left uh, last year. Right. Uh, many others across Europe, you have Jews leaving, but you also have non-Jews leaving, which only exacerbates the demographic imbalances that have been created. And my my reaction is that you've got to stand up. You've got to demand that they, they legislate, they uh, uh, use existing legislation, that they act against it. And remember, in Europe... You have much tougher laws right. uh, on, on libel and on uh, Holocaust denial, for instance. In America, you can't arrest somebody for denying the Holocaust. In Europe, you can. And they have, and they've acted against uh, people and also public officials. But I think the leaders in Europe, not the Jewish community, the non-Jewish leaders, have to look at this as they are for their own domestic political purposes and aspirations to see what does this all mean. And I think you will see more resistance, countries like England and others, uh, towards on the question of uh, getting more involved and expanding the European Union, and uh, I think this, the Eurosceptic movement will will continue to grow. Therefore, it has to be that a society isn't judged whether it has haters; it's judged by how they deal with the haters. Mm-hmm. And right. Europe is now in in the corner on this issue. They're in the docket. They got to stand up and demonstrate that it's not enough to build memorials to Jews. I don't want any more memorials to dead Jews. I want them to stand up for living Jews. I want them to do what's right. I want to see all the resources applied uh, towards pursuing whoever was responsible for this incident, but not just him. Who else was involved? Finding out they don't act alone. And in, in France, they kept saying these were individuals when they killed Halimi, when others, uh, when Toulouse took place. And then we find out, in fact, that they were inspired at a mosque, that they had other ties. 
And now you have hundreds and hundreds of them. It's why I kept stressing this issue on this show and everywhere else for the last two years. Hundreds now fighting in, in Syria who will come back as train killers, trained killers. They are not, you know, they may have gone for some ideological reason. They come back as jihadists. And they have a special place in Raqqa and Syria, I mentioned, where they're training people for foreign uh, attacks. So this is only the, the precursor. This is the warning. And they better take it seriously, including Americans. They say that there are maybe 200, some say 80 Americans. I believe it's in the hundreds. And, and we had a first American killed in a, in a suicide bombing in Syria. Uh, but... And, you know, today in Israel, there was the first attempted suicide bomber in, in years um, who tried to sneak into Israel but was detected wearing a heavy coat in the hot weather, and thank God they found him and prevented it. That was the uh, uh, potential bombing at Tapuach Junction, which uh, made the headlines. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Malcolm Holmline is with us as we discuss uh, the events of this week here on a Friday morning broadcast. So the Pope went to Israel. We discussed uh, in advance of his trip some of the things, some of the issues last week. Um, a lot of symbolism in the trip, uh, a lot of different uh, gestures. Uh, what did you make of this uh, offer, this invitation for leadership from both Israel and the PA to come to the Vatican to join in a day of prayer with the Pope? Well, I believe in prayer. Uh, uh, I think that the Pope's visit uh, had uh, mixed results. In fact, some of the good things he did got almost no attention, like visiting the memorial to the victims of terror together with the Prime Minister, or visiting Herzl's grave and recognizing the Jewish state, the history of Zionism, etc., but those and Yad Vashem, those things didn't get attention because the picture, the iconic picture of this trip, was the Pope with his head against the separation barrier, at a part where there is actually a wall, which is which is you know about five percent of the actual fence, and there was graffiti there that was extremely offensive, and uh, that became the picture, and uh, you know the fact that he, la he landed in the state of Palestine, as they said. Yeah. Um, I think was became the dominant story out of this uh, out of the trip. How about the prayer meeting? It's, it seemed to me like a setup, um, publicly uh, issuing an invitation to Shimon Peres to participate in that. What is the Pope trying to say that uh, the, the, the middle the Middle East peace conflict will be, uh, or the Middle East conflict I should say, will be resolved if we all meet in the Vatican and uh, you know have a nice moment together? Uh, maybe he's talking about the power of prayer. Maybe he's trying to put themselves in the middle, the Vatican playing a key role. Uh, I, I did not hear the kind of condemnations that I expected of the violence against Christians in the in the Palestinian Authority, where, where the Christian population has been depleted so rapidly, especially in, the, in Bethlehem, or the persecution of Christians around the, the Middle East in, in Arab and Muslim societies. Um, uh, I, I, we didn't hear that, and I think uh, uh, that would be the subject for where the Vatican ought to be playing a key role in summoning the leadership and putting a stop or, or demanding a stop to it. But I have no problem with the, you know, if, if, if many people feel that it should have been Netanyahu who was invited because he's really the counterpart. That's right. Shimon Peres is head of state, he's not head of government, 
And as you know, he's going out of power, and the presidential election is in full swing in Israel. Yeah, I want to talk about that. But first, maybe the best counterpart would have been uh, Rami Hamdallah, the uh, new prime minister of the unity government that Mahmoud Abbas leads. To have invited him, but uh, but Abbas still remains the, the top. No, I know. I'm being a little bit tongue-in-cheek. I, I understand. Because I know that the United States... The audience necessarily understands. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, right. But, right. But the the, the United the States now recognizes right. him as prime minister of this new government, so I was, uh, I guess I was just conjecturing whether the Vatican recognizes well, him. They haven't as... yet recognized uh, the new government. We have to see yet. It, it hasn't fully emerged, but the likelihood is, and the indications from the administration have been, is that they will recognize this, quote, technocratic, unquote, government, meaning where it's not going to be Fatah Hamas people. It's going to be technocrats who will accept in principle the quartet requirements, you know, and the past positions of the uh, of the Palestinian Authority so that they technically can bypass the automatic restrictions that Congress has placed on aid yeah. uh, and that is the law of the United States uh, that would forbid them with Hamas being in the government to receive aid. So I think the administration has indicated they will recognize it, but I anticipate that we may see uh, efforts in Congress to block uh, aid, or, or not permanent, but to put a hold on it to see what happens, how this government functions. But look at what the Fatah has, the Hamas has said. They said that we will continue the violence, we will continue resistance. We're not changing our positions. We will not let our forces be under the control of this joint government, or certainly and didn't let Fatah forces to come in back into Gaza. That that's one of the obstacles, and there's certain individuals that they have. Uh, you got to you got to backtrack for me for a moment. Am, am, am I right that Washington has indicated in the past, in the last few weeks, that in fact this unity government would not be recognized, or or there was no definitive statement like that made? No, they ne- did not make it definitive. Members of Congress did, yes. but never the White House. The White House did not indicate that they would not accept it. If no, they did say if if it is a Hamas a unity government of Hamas and Fatah. Not this, which is a fiction that has been proposed before. This is not the first time that we've seen this this idea of a technocrat government right. in order to for them, you know, to be able to say to their people, "We haven't changed any of our views. We are who we are." Now we have this government, supposed government, that uh, will deal with the right. economy so- and other things until uh, an election, which would be scheduled supposedly in six months, but I wouldn't hold my breath. So to the average guy living in Gaza, it lives on as a real unity government. Just to the rest of the world, the question is, what's the, what is the meaning of Fatah-Hamas uh, unity government? Well, I don't, I'm not, I don't believe that it will be for the guy living in Gaza when he doesn't see any change in the Hamas rule there, and you don't see uh, Fatah, what one of the things that uh, Hamas is demanding is that 40,000 of its people in Gaza be put on the payroll of the Palestinian Authority. Wow. So I, I think that this is, the, the Hamas is doing this because of the economic pressure, because of what Egypt has done to them, because they've lost money, the internal demands, so they shift the onus, and in the meantime, they'll prepare to run in the next election and be able to run both in the West Bank and in Gaza. Talk about buying support, huh? <laughs> I mean, my gosh, how blatant can you be? Um, all right, so now talk about the Israeli presidential election for a moment. Uh, why is there such a rift between Lieberman and the prime minister over the possibility that Ruby Rivlin will be president of Israel? Lieberman has a longstanding uh, gripe with him 
over uh, his refusal to, when he was Speaker of the Knesset to allow legislation that would have, one, investigated uh, aid to non-governmental organizations, ah. and second, about uh, cutting off the pensions to some of the uh, Arab members who conducted uh, anti-Israel activities. That was that, Those were the issues. But the Prime Minister also had his differences with Rivlin and did not support him, had looked for others. Uh, there are all sorts of reports about uh, him reaching even outside of Israel. Uh, it's not the first time, by the way, that that has happened. That was the Elie Wiesel rumor? That's the rumor about Elie Wiesel. Uh, Elie Wiesel is not a citizen of Israel, as far as I know, so he probably wouldn't be eligible, but they thought they could do what they did with Stanley Fisher when he came right. to the bank. Um, but the, the, the process people don't know, is that you need 10 members of the Knesset to introduce, to be able to become a candidate. To endorse you, essentially. Right. But then the vote is only in the Knesset. So right. you have to win a majority. It means you have to have some political base. <laughs> and, uh, look, I think a unifying person, somebody who will carry on, you know, as a the presidential mantle with some dignity and, and be able to, to use it as a unifying uh, uh, office for Israel, which is so rift, rift uh, uh, with with divisions of every kind, the president and, and the polls show it that it has the position of most respect and most trust. So when a society is so divided, having a personality that can address the differences, try to build bridges, try to heal wounds at times is very important, and also to be a, a, an additional face to the outside world. Right. Shimon Peres certainly was. Uh, so we're going to see uh, the, the election is going to be on the 10th of June, I think. Is Rivlin going to win? Well, I'm not sure it'll be in the first time that we'll see it. What will happen, you have uh, six candidates. The three key ones are Fuad ben Eliezer from Labor. You have Dalia Itzik, who a former speaker, and uh, Ruby Rivlin, a former speaker to Knesset. Right now, Rivlin is is certainly the front runner. He was endorsed by the prime minister, um, but it may take uh, two ballots, to, uh, a second ballot, to we know who who wins. And I asked someone this week why the position of president of Israel was originally created, and they said to me because Ben Gurion needed a job for Chaim Weitzman, he had to create some type of position for him. And I said, if that's true. That, that definitively the state of Israel is the quintessential Jewish organization. <laughs> I mean, if that's really the history of it, then I will tell you that they operate. He needed a fundraiser. So, <laughs> but, you know, the president, um, it's a nice house, and he has a shul on the property, by the way. That was in- I told you I got Blavy there on Thanksgiving morning. I know, I'm not telling it to you, you, I know. But uh, the... the, the there can be a constructive thing, but there is. I believe it will come now under very considerable review, and many people questioned the, the need, including the prime minister at one point, questioning whether they needed to, to have a president. But uh, I think, that, but there's no demand from the people because of the cost to to cut it out right now, from what I can see. But people wanted to be somebody serious. They, they, you know, we've had too many scandals, and they want somebody who who will be clean. Malcolm, it's such a good line that I predict over the weekend you're going to be using it. That if in fact if it's, it's a true story, then the state of Israel is the quintessential Jewish organization. I have a feeling you're going to be using it. And if I find out that you did, <laughs> I will be approaching only you only with attribution. I will be approaching you for royalties. <laughs> <laughs> what did you, did you see any of the prime minister's comments? 
Yom Yerushalayim at Merkaz Harav. Did you have a chance to see any of it? I saw some of the news reports. Unbelievable, no? I mean, yeah. he just he spoke with fire and brimstone about the city of and Jerusalem. And you know, the, the, the government convenes at Ammunition Hill. There's always a special right. session every year now that uh, is very moving and, and uh, again, doesn't get much coverage. Uh, but the it is um, his comments were very strong, and the very fact that he goes to Merkaz Harav which was the site of a massacre, as you recall, sure. Uh, for sure. That uh, it, it is a very poignant and, and significant. Are the annexation bills basically dead in the Knesset at this point? I would say I don't think there would be a majority for it. I don't think the prime minister wants it. I think in terms of the international setting right now and uh, the timing, I don't think that they will... Uh, go anywhere. Are the Prime Minister and Naftali Bennett basically getting along at this point or not? Like, is there a, a, any any heated uh, battles between the two of them, or they're essentially uh, at least publicly getting along? Um, that's a hard line to define, but I, I would not say that they have a warm and fuzzy relationship. <laughs> and it, it goes back, you know, he worked, for, uh, Bennett worked for the Prime Minister, there right. are, but there are tensions. They do cooperate on things, and, and I don't think their views are that vastly different, uh, but I uh, would not describe it as, a, as the most cordial relationship. By the way, I'm getting very nervous, and I'm being serious. This isn't a joke. I'm getting very nervous. If you look back at the last, and I think you could verify this, if you look at the last 25 to 30 years, whenever there's a real lull, or what what seems to be what's perceived as a lull to the outsider, not to someone like yourself, but what's perceived, you know, to, to lay people like me as a lull in the whole peace talk issue. You know, when things seem to be really quiet, when a guy like John Kerry to us seems to be, you know, inactive at this point right now over the last few weeks, all of a sudden it seems that some big news development uh, regarding the peace process comes out of nowhere. And I'm getting a little worried that it's so off the radar right now that that's something that could be to the detriment of Israel could be you know coming up down the road. What would you say to that? I think that the uh, you know I think the pattern uh, perhaps is true, and, and it also tends to turn the focus then internally, and you have more divisions uh, arise from uh, the domestic agenda as well. But uh, first, I don't think the peace process is dead. I think that uh, Secretary Kerry has said that he, they're going to move from. Uh, moving towards a peace agreement, towards management, crisis management, rather than crisis resolution. Uh, but I, I don't think that this is over. Uh, right now, it depends on what happens in the Palestinian Authority, what happens with this so-called uh, technocrat government. The, the, the incitement on Palestinian TV continues. All the other things continue, all the things they promised to do. We don't see any uh, change. We all, but we also see that the security arrangements between the Palestinian and Israelis seem to be holding. Both sides have said it, and both sides seem to remain committed. It serves each purpose, it, both sides' purposes, uh, but we'll see that I'm sure that will be put to the test as well. So I, I, the danger when you have, as you call it, a law or hiatus in, in American-driven activities is that the Europeans and others get involved and they may want to have some sort of a diversion they want to show their relevance uh, given all the events in the middle east they may be you know carrying too heavy a load right now right. but i would not be surprised by that to see new initiatives coming from the outside oh boy even when it's calm there's tension but this is what uh, we learned from the Haggadah, where it says behold over there in every generation and really the aqua i think it was who asked 
why in every generation they say, look at the next paragraph. When he said, isn't there one that had the quiet period? And it says there, it tells the story of Lavan. And Lavan became Shlach called that Lavan wanted to destroy it all. Meaning that Yaakov Avinu thought that he was living there in relative quiet and, and prosperity, and all the time Lavan was plotting. So even the generations that don't see the outward manifestations, but this generation is seeing both right now. And that's what the European thing is why we learned the lessons of history. We saw the destruction this week of the oldest shul synagogue in Syria. But the absolute total devastation of a place which was called the Eliyahu Navi Synagogue, because uh, supposedly uh, Elijah the prophet was there. There was a cave, and they said that he hid there, and he, w- he anointed one of the kings of Israel there. Uh, but this place had rare Jewish finds. So it hasn't been a synagogue for many years. It was used as a Palestinian school in other ways. But many artifacts, really ancient. Now, it's true that they destroyed, I don't know, dozens of churches, hundreds of mosques have been destroyed. But here... Uh, it, people said that they don't know what the target would have been, uh, but it was it's bombed into into total destruction, uh, and the loss of of uh, that kind of uh, important institution, something Syrian Jews certainly know uh, very well, but others as, as well because of its uh, its unique significance. It must have been extra painful back for you. in medieval times and earlier. It must have been extra painful for you because you fought to make sure that those sites would be preserved properly. And and, and the truth is that most of them uh, were, and, and to Assad's credit, he had promised uh, to, to uh, sustain them and maintain them. Um, it's, it's a very painful thing when you, when you witness that kind of, uh, of wanton dis- destruction uh, taking place. But, you know, we see other things in L.A. in the um, Rialto Unified School District, I think it's called, 2008 graders were told to do an essay whether they believe the Holocaust actually occurred or whether it was a, a uh, political creation. And, you know, when you ask eighth graders, it's one thing to ask for creative writing. It's another thing when you make that the subject of it and when you endorse in that way the actual questioning of the reality uh, they don't wouldn't say did America really get created? Was there an American Revolution? Was there... You know any of the other tragedies or, or significant occurrences in, in history did they occur? Uh, and this taking place in Los Angeles uh, again is is something that has to be a wake up call. Got to keep our ears and eyes open at all times. And Jewish leadership out there, please use all the opportunities, especially publicly, to laud and thank God for the city of Jerusalem and the state of Israel. And this Sunday, let's take the opportunity to celebrate together up Fifth Avenue and make sure that everybody in the entire world knows that Israel has amazing support, especially from our community, thank God. Malcolm, we will see you Sunday. Have a wonderful Shabbos. And next week, I guess, if we if we always commit to talk about the events of the week, I guess next Friday it'll all be about cheesecake and blintzes, huh? Yeah, those are two very good topics. <laughs> and, uh, You'll give some recipes, maybe? I don't know if you want fruit filling or cheese filling, but, uh, uh, you know, sometimes those discussions can be much more productive <laughs> than talking about... Uh, don't yell at me if it's only a 10-minute conversation next Friday with all the yuntif in between, you know what I mean? Listen, with all the things that are going on, the things that we didn't get to about what's happening in Turkey, and there are going to be elections coming up. We'll, we'll be able to update everybody on where the presidential election in Israel is going to be. The uh, follow-up to the Egyptian election now, which we didn't talk about what it's going to mean by then, we'll start seeing how the government being formed, uh, and as they move towards parliamentary elections there and elsewhere, 
and of course the events in the Ukraine, which we didn't talk about and update. Uh, so Gosh. I don't think there'll be a shortage of things. Gosh, there's so much. Plus, I'm going to put on my list this uh, story about Iranian espionage through the web, which Israel has. Well, Israel and the free world has to deal with. And, and look at what Khamenei said. Right. For all those who talk, because you know we're facing a July deadline, supposed deadline uh, for for the talks, where he said the jihad will last until every uh, in, every presence of America is wiped out. Plus, who was it this week? Uh, who met Pakistan and Afghanistan? Who who had the big handshake this week? India and Pakistan. Oh, India and Pakistan. The of India, by right. the way, Modi is a, a very considered very pro-Israel. He has a long history as the governor of uh, Gujarat, that's uh, having established uh, very close ties and billions of dollars of Israeli investment there. And the new foreign minister of India is also very pro-Israel and is a, a, a big follower of Golda Meir. Wow. All right, I've moved the cheesecake to the bottom of the list. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll, Shabbos we will yontif. see you Sunday and a try to good yontif as well. Uh, Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update. It's Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM in the AM. That's right, Rosh Chodesh with candle lighting at 7.59. Don't forget, we will be at RTMA on Monday. RTMA welcomes us. <coughs> Excuse me to 330 Elmora Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey this coming Monday. Looking forward to our visit to another great, amazing school. That'll be Monday morning right here at JM in the AM. Don't forget Sunday. Matis has JM Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m. Always a great show every single week. And Matis this week is going to concentrate on what it's like to be a musical performer, a worldwide famous musical performer, and play in Israel, something that's been a big topic of conversation, as you heard during my conversation with Malcolm. Lauren Jelenkovich, I hope that's the right pronunciation, she's singing on tour with Yanni. She'll be in Israel this week for a concert. Mata speaks to her Sunday morning. Tomorrow night at Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the stream at jmandtheam.org. Make sure to be tuned in for that. And um, what else did I want to mention? Guess that's it. Wednesday and Thursday we'll be off the air for Shavuos. There'll be other programming here, and we'll be back on Friday morning. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody, and good Chodesh. Today is Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Today is the day that Emir Tzashem, as we shall read, this forthcoming Wednesday morning on the first day of Shavuos, from the beginning of chapter 19 in the second book of the Torah, B'chodesh HaShlishi, in the third month, that says B'nai Yisrael Eretz Mitzrayim, from the exodus of our people from Egypt, Bayom Hazeh, on this day, Bo'u Midbar Sinai. This is the day they arrived at the wilderness of Sinai. And Rashi says, Bayom Hazeh, Birosh Chodesh, on Rosh Chodesh Sivan. So today is the day we arrived at Sinai, and today is the day that we continue to focus on that very special Yom Tov of Shavuos, which is coming. Emir Hashem, this Shabbos, we have the privilege of reading Parshas Noso. According to the Chinuch, Noso contains seven positive mitzvos and eleven prohibitions. The Parsha begins with the continuation of the counting of the Levim. We then go 
to the laws of the Sota, the suspected adulteress. We go to the laws of the Nazir, the Nazarite, Birkas Kohanim, the special blessing that the Kohanim entreat Hashem, that He should bestow His blessings on the Jewish people. And the parsha concludes with the exact repetition and enumeration of the offerings that each prince, the head of each tribe, brought on the occasion of the dedication of the sanctuary in the desert. I'd like to focus this morning on an interesting phrase that the Torah shares with us when it completes the counting of the Levium, the Torah says, and this is the last Pasuk in chapter 4 in this week's parsha, concerning Moshe's counting of the Levium, the Torah says as follows, Api Hashem Sam Biyad Moshe. Literally, he counted them at the word of Hashem, meaning God counted them through Moshe, ish ish al avodaso the al masao. Every man over his work and over his burden. Understood by the Ramban and others to mean that each of the Levim were told exactly and precisely what they were to do. In general, the family of Kahas, they had the privilege of carrying the Aron, the Ark, and all the other Kalim, the family of Merari, and the family of Gershon, each were given their responsibilities in terms of service. But the Ramban tells us something stronger, and that is as follows, that each individual has their tafkid. Each individual has their purpose to fulfill in life, and among the Levim, there were those who were shoarim, literally keepers of the gates. They opened the Mikdash, they closed the Mikdash. There were the shorarim, there were the singers, and there were those who were the watchmen within the Besa Mikdash. And the Sefri in Korach tells us, Ukvor Bikesh Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananya, one Levi, wanted Lisayeya to help Rabbi Yochanan ben Gudgida, another Levi, with the closing of the gates. And he said to him, Oh no, Chazor Go back 
and you do yours. Shekvor atom misa. Because if you deviate from your tafkid, from your purpose, which you have been assigned, this could be detrimental for you, not fulfilling your purpose. Because I am from this group, from the gatekeepers, you are from the singers. A very important lesson emerges from this Ramban. And that is for each person to try to recognize, to be makir es mikomo, to know his place, the tafkido, and to know his purpose. And in order to help us focus on this very significant challenge, I'd like to share with you a famous Yerushalmi in the Gemara Kedushin, brought down in our Bavli as well, in the first parak of Kedushin. The Yerushalmi tells the following story, that Rabbi Tarfon was walking with his mother one Shabbos. They were taking a walk together. Thereupon, the sandal of his mother broke. And therefore, she couldn't fix it. The strap having broken on Shabbos. So what did Rabbi Tarfon do? He got on his knees and he extended his hands in front of his mother and he walked backwards on his knees so that his mother should not get her feet dirty and she walked on her his hands. Shortly thereafter, Rav Tarfon was sick. His chaveirim, his colleagues, came to visit him. And when they arrived at the door, the mother said to the colleagues, Pray for my son Tarfon. He is such a good son. He extends to me kavod beyond the norm. So they asked her, Oh yeah, tell us, what does he do? She told them the story of the sandal. And what was their response? Instead of saying, As you and I, who would hear this, would say, wow, their response was, huh, even if he did much more, he still has not fulfilled half of what he should do. Now, this response of the colleagues of the Chachomim is most difficult and challenging for us to understand. Rav Salavechik Zechrona Levracha gave the following insightful understanding. And that is as follows. When the colleagues heard that this is what Rav Tarfon did, they said to themselves, Oh no, perhaps Rav Tarfon was put in this world to teach Adhechon Kibud Aim, how far the mitzvah of Kibud Aim extends, and how much sacrifice a son is to have on behalf 
of his mother. And now that he has performed this incredible act of Kiburim, they were calling him back from Shemayim, saying, Tarfon, you fulfilled your tafkid, your purpose in this world. Even though, had you asked anyone, Rav Tarfon himself, what were you put here for? His mother. They certainly both would have said, and until the rabbis heard this, they would have agreed as well, that he was put in this world to be part of the development of Torah Shabbal Peh, of the oral law, as recorded in the Talmud. From this story, Rabbi Salavechik taught the following very important lessons. Number one, we don't know what our tafkid is. Number two, they assist you to enable you to fulfill your tafkid. And number three, you're not taken from this world until you have a chance and an opportunity to fulfill your tafkid. Most of us, if not all of us, don't know what our tafkid is, what our purpose in this world. The Chachmei HaMusar suggest that each person should look carefully into themselves and analyze which area of life do I personally find most challenging? What is the most difficult area that I have? And very possibly, that is your tafkid to try to overcome. I'd like to, however, suggest that as we find ourselves Rosh Chodesh Sivan, reliving our coming today to Midbar Sinai, and the Torah tells us that Vayichan Sham Yisrael and the Jewish people encamped there across from the mountain and we're all familiar that the Torah uses the word Vayichan and they encamped in the singular as opposed to Vayachanu and they encamped whereby Rashi tells us in his famous response to this says Rashi they encamped they encamped literally as one man with one heart in order for this to happen in order for there to be this incredible unity among B'nai Yisrael and Rashi notes that this was, unfortunately, the exception. Sha'ar kol hachonios in the other encampments, it was petarumos uvamachlokes. Unfortunately, there was division and divisiveness in the other encampments. But what was it? What must we learn? How can we 
go into, please God, this forthcoming Yom Tov of Shavuos in the best way possible? How do we accomplish Vayichan Shom Yisrael Neger Hohor? What is going to unify us? If each and every one of us focuses on the goal. And the goal is to understand that that which we are going to celebrate in Mirza Hashem this coming Wednesday and Thursday, this forthcoming Yom Tov of Shavuos, is such a significant part of our life, but literally, Kehem Chayenu. But each and every one of us can have our own individualized tafkid within Torah. Who's to say that your support of Torah is any less than the next one's studying of Torah? It doesn't mean that we put all our eggs in one basket, but it means certainly those that give tzedakah have to learn Torah as well, and those that learn Torah have to give tzedakah as well. But each person should try to maximize and to actualize their individualized gifts that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given them. And so, the message that the Torah is teaching us in conjunction with Parshas Naso in terms of a preparation for Kabbalah Torah is just as by the Levium, each one, the Torah says that Moshe, in his counting of the Levium, did so by Ish Al Avodaso, the Alma Sao, each one literally knowing their area of expertise, their area where they could make a difference, so do we pray. Hashem, please give each and every one of us the capacity to actualize our potential. Shabbat Shalom and good Chodesh to all.
Brand new Michal Przanski here on a Friday Erev Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM. Getting ready for the big holiday of Shavuos next week, Wednesday and Thursday. Monday, we're at RTMA. Make sure to be tuned in. We'll be visiting another amazing school in our community, RTMA, 330 Elmore Avenue in Elizabeth. Looking forward for this coming uh, Monday. A big thank you to our friends at J Drugs on Avenue J, Ronnie and Larry in Brooklyn, New York. A big thank you to... Um, To our friends at Gotham Burger, a big thank you to everybody who is involved in this coming Sunday Celebrate Israel Parade. I want to thank the JCRC, Michael Miller, and everybody who's uh, graciously allowed us to be the official audio webcast of the parade starting at 11 o'clock Eastern Time this coming Sunday. Make sure to be tuned in on the um, on the stream on the brand new NSN app however it is you're going to be listening in from around the world make sure to do so as we'll give you the sounds of 5th Avenue big thank you to PJ Sterling at 409 Central Avenue in Cedarhurst pjsterling.com also involved with us Sunday and a big thank you to them and everybody who is part of our big uh, Sunday parade show. Make sure to say hi when you walk past us on 5th Avenue. And if you want a T-shirt, you know the condition that Mark Zomick has uh, put on things. <laughs> you've got to, uh, you, if you want one of our T-shirts, you got to trade. Make sure you bring some extras of yours. Otherwise, we'll run out in the first 15 minutes or so of our entire supply. Um... Rumor has it that today is Sadia Aaron Price's birthday. My friend Sadia Aaron Price, I am told, is celebrating a birthday today. To So Sadia, I say happy birthday from all of us here at JM in the AM. All right. That is a big occasion. We wish Sadia the very best from all of us here at JM in the AM. Ten minutes to go before 9 o'clock on a... Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, we introduced this song to you from Aaron Razel earlier in the week. Here it is at JM in the AM.
Aaron Razel, brand new with that single, Kol Haruchot. I want to thank those who are commenting on the app. Thank you so much. Uh, listener HW says, great app, sound is great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Remember, you can listen to the NSN app on Sunday during the parade. And we suggest you do so from around the world, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Naomi Nachman is next. She's coming up after JM in the AM with Table for Two on our stream at jmtheam.org. Abby Wolin from J Create Magazine with Crafting Ideas for Shvuis. Ellie Schreiber from Get Paid with tips behind credit card points and how the company can help you set sell your miles for cash. And Naomi Ross, who has an Indian feast spread in the latest edition of Joy of Kosher. They're all going to be Naomi's guests coming up next between 9 and 10. And some insights into eating dairy on Shavuos as well. ZK reminds me that the video of that show, you can watch Naomi's show coming up in five minutes simply by going to our homepage at NahumSiegel.com. The video is up. You can see the show and enjoy it. Naomi is amazing. Plus, uh, right after that, an amazing Erev Shabbos music stream at jmnam.org. Time to say good Shabbos at jmnam. It's going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw away your hammer. There's nothing left. Say good job Cause all your work is done 
gonna spend a day together with the Holy One. Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and his creator, it's a very special sign. Your candles will be burning, they'll fill your home with light. Singing songs of Shabbos, well into the night. So throw away your hammer, there's nothing left to do. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Wraps up another amazing week for us. Have a wonderful Rosh Chodesh, everybody. We'll see you Sunday at the Celebrate Israel Parade. Plenty programming all day long on our stream at jmtheam.org, including Naomi Nachman. And Table for Two coming up next. Enjoy that. Uh, don't forget Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami tomorrow night. And, of course, Matis with JM Sunday, Sunday morning. He'll explore what it's like to be a rock star and play in Israel, despite all the uh, opposition to people who are uh, making commitments to uh, play the state of Israel. Have a, a wonderful Rosh Chodesh, phenomenal Shabbos, great weekend. See you Sunday at the parade and, of course, the concert afterwards in Central Park. On Monday at RTMA, live from 6 till 9 a.m. at RTMA at 330 Almora Avenue in Elizabeth, New Jersey. 
Till then, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.